Okay, guys, welcome back to another podcast. This week, I am joined with a very special but very well-known guest in the form of Jack Thorburn. As you guys have, have known, Jack has been on the podcast a couple of times already. and We've chatted the first time when he was as a junior, and then the second time was, was in 2017 when we were both prepping, of which people uh, followed eagerly, and I'm pretty sure people are waiting until we both prep again. Um, but this podcast itself is going to be more of a Q&A based episode just with Jack. Um, so I'll, I'll obviously chime in at certain points, which I think my opinion is is uh, also wanted. But for the most part, this is an opportunity to get basically like a, a solo podcast with Thorburn, um, which I'm pretty sure people are, are really wanting. And as the comments section on YouTube demanded it. So I, when people demand something, I give it to them. <laughs> um, so for, for first things first, I think people would like a bit of a, an update on where things are at with you, Jack, especially with regards to what your current mindset is on, you know, beginning to return to, or returning to the stage in the future, um, where you're currently at in your off season and just sort of give people a bit of an idea as to what's going on at the moment. Okay. So, um, I'm sure plenty of, you know, from me post on Instagram that I've got a few, they're not necessarily injuries, but a few issues on the go at the moment. Um, a lot of it stems from um, muscle imbalances and tightnesses that I had about six, seven years ago, but yep. didn't know about it at the time. And it's just led to like a few postural issues and things like that. Um, that sort of started to kick in about two years ago when I was prepping with yourself. Um, and I drag, managed to drag myself through the 2017 season, just about getting to the stage in one piece. Um, what it leads to is almost like an inability to contract a muscle the way it should be, kind of thing. It's hard. It's very hard to explain. Um, I'm spending a lot of money and a lot of hours getting fixed up because basically my body will want to shift back to the old ways. So I have to continue to put it right, basically. Um, sure. So at the moment, it's just a process of sorting that out. So my body almost needs to relearn how to move. People may That may sound stupid to people, but for years it was almost a struggle to walk upstairs despite me doing numerous hours on the Stairmaster. But um, yeah, so where I'm at right now is in the mix of sorting that out whilst doing my best to maintain a reasonable sort of physique. You know, I still do everything I need to be doing, but you know, training's not a hundred percent. Just I, I, I try and do what I can, but the intensity's not as high as I'd like it. Um, food wise, I'm definitely in a surplus, but I think it's, probably quite a modest one to be honest because i've managed to stay in it for near enough for a long near, time yeah a long time about 18 months at yeah, least yeah, yeah. at least 18 months yeah. um and yes i am fluffy um but you know i never hold abs i lose my abs within you know i i lost my abs in a two-month off season before you know and I still have cuts in my legs, but that's they're always there. Um, so I think in that regards, I've done quite well. I'm not pushing the food because, to be honest, I've got no right to push the food. Um, training's not the intensity to deserve it. Um, so for now, I'm focusing more on getting that sorted. 
whilst keeping in a surplus because you know diet when you're dieting you're not putting yourself in a good position to rehab injuries and stuff like that which is why me doing that contest prep in 2017 wasn't doing me any favors um you know but i still loved it uh, plans for the future competing wise you know you know I absolutely love I almost love the, the prep more than the show itself so obviously I really want to compete again and I'm, I will compete again um, it's just getting these injuries sorted because where I'm at now yes I have lost a bit of muscle um, where I'm at now isn't I for me to compete again I need to beat previous of what I've attained, yeah. I, I'm not going to turn up. I could potentially look at an easy show and maybe snag a qualification through that. Just, but then I'm I'm going to do at this stage where I'm at now. I'm not going to do any damage at finals. But for me, I have to progress. So for me, the next stage is to do well, uh, potentially win a class at finals. So for me to do that, I need to first of all get the injury sorted, and then look to build back up what i've lost and more then mm. so that's sort of where i'm at um with summer coming up not that i'm really that bothered i do want to do a somewhat of a tidy up shortly so that might look at maybe the end of march yeah and that somewhat, makes sense so, somewhat of a eight week body power prep maybe <laughs> rapid, <laughs> rapid, rapid fat loss <laughs> fuck's sake but um, yeah, maybe something along those lines uh, because I am aware that I can't stay. To be honest, I probably could stay in a surplus if I did it sensibly, but it's not really that optimal. So it's probably a little bit of a tidy up do, um, and I'm sure plenty of people will be interested in me documenting that anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, it's a bit refreshing, you know, because it's at the moment it's just the same. Even though I am a robot with these things. Yes. Yeah. It's like even as you said, even the oats are starting to slightly lose their appeal a little bit that's little big bit. words from you mate that's little big bit. fucking words <laughs> maybe it's the bagels certainly have me i tell you what i eat those mm. and i'm not even bothered about eating them mm. so mm. uh but anyway enough about food yeah so that's that's sort of where i'm at at the moment yeah, yeah sure would you say the injury at the moment is that get like is it improving because it seems to be from what you're saying on instagram that that things are certainly getting better and moving in a better direction i definitely say they're improving it's okay. just it's a very long progression because yeah. at the moment training used to hurt like it actually physically hurts but i'd still do it anyway because i'm too stubborn yeah um it never hurts now like good like for example i trained legs yesterday and previously my hips would have been in agony after training legs whereas yeah. now there's no issue with that at all um so i've got that sort of sorted now i need to as I mentioned earlier, it's almost about relearning how to train. Like you know, if you were personal training a newbie, they uh -huh. and you ask them, "Oh, can you feel this muscle working?" They might not feel that muscle, but yeah. to some to us who've trained for a while, we can connect with it instantly. It's almost like I have to relearn these uh, sort of patterns now. So sure, it's definitely it's definitely making progress. It's just mentally it's tough because I always want to see it progressing linearly. But it's not going to happen like that, you know. You know, I'm not going to have six good days a week every day. No. But the problem is sometimes I let the one bad day overshadow five good days. But it's definitely moving forward, so I'm happy in that regard. Good, good. Well, that's good news, man. Um, so, yeah, that's, I think, a little bit of a, 
a nice update on where Jack's at. So, unfortunately, guys, we don't have a, a date for his return to the stage. Um, that won't be released, I don't think. But, I, might, but... I might jump on stage at Body Power, who knows? <laughs> Fuck's sake. Um, but I think what that teaches us is that, you know, despite all of Jack's issues and problems that he's got, he's not throwing it's not throwing the pan in because of just one issue. It's like, if anything, I think what it shows is that it's probably making you want to nail every other single variable that you can control even more so. So like taking all the little, like, and this is something I think people need to learn about yourself is that, um, I mean, even if everything was perfect, you'd still be the individual that would, would nail fucking everything. Um, but the thing is like, not many people are like Jack in the sense that, um, you want to nail every single little tiny, tiny, tiny variable and you don't want to just do it, you know, over a month. You want to do it over 18, you know, like if, if you were to ask someone how, like whether you've missed a meal over that 18 month off season, you haven't. <laughs> and I couldn't tell you the last time I missed a meal. Like yeah, it's been five, five, six years. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. There is, there's very, very few like, you in the sense like that um and that also means that when someone sees the way that you do things take that as a with a pinch of salt because this person might not be even getting in the gym uh consistently and tracking their their lifts or doing anything on a very basic ground level um so don't go from like someone who's just trying to get started in in training to, to a Jack Thorburn in like one month because you're gonna fucking burn out quicker yeah, than yeah. <laughs> quicker the quicker than you can say Quaker Oats. Um, so yeah, let's get stuck into some of these questions. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. It's just it's just relevant. So yeah, let's get into the, some of these questions from Instagram. Good questions, guys. Like I've got pages and pages of questions. So we'll go through some of them. Um, I'll go from the start up to the people that got in the quickest. Um, we've covered already the one from Blair, which was asking about when you're going to step on stage. I thought that we'd cover quite a few of these. Um, so actually, one of my old clients asked, um, have you ever had an exertion-based headache? And how did you personally relieve it if you've had one? I think oh. you've, you must have had one. <laughs> The way that I, you train, you must have had something pop. Yeah. Yeah, but nothing nothing that's sort of... Nothing lasted. debilitating. Nothing that's lasted. Okay, like, sure. But you, you had... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had it twice now. Days and weeks. Yeah, um, it was weeks. I... I never get... The only thing is, I... This links back to, to the injury. I... Because I'm so stubborn and... I, when I used to struggle to feel contractions, this was years ago, like I always knew something was wrong. So I would do whatever I could to try and get something to work. Yeah. So I, like, if I felt that I was in the right position and whatever was working, I would hold my breath and ensure that nothing changed so that I couldn't, that I didn't lose that sort of position. Sure. So stuff like that, that used to, um, not be great also when i used to practice my vacuums yeah and i hold my that would be like a minute holding that and i would like collapse on the floor but that's like not I, to be honest no mm. um 
But I think a lot of it will be down to your breathing. It is. It is. It and is. It's all, it's all to do with that. I think it's all to do with down breathing. It is. Really. It's all to do with your breathing. Yeah, and then also tensing through your sort of neck area there. Yeah. yeah. So which is then also links to your breathing because if you breathe, if your chest breathing. Yeah. You're tensing up through traps stuff like that. So it's focusing on, you know, diaphragmic breathing as well. I don't want to get too hippy with it, but yeah, yeah breathing through there because that that's where you're getting all your stability from is there, not up here. Yeah. So it, yeah, that's that's gonna help with the sort of headache issues, I think. Yeah, sure. I'd agree with that one completely. Um, so Plamen asked dealing with contest preps in terms of i know your answer to this one like missing certain foods so would you miss any foods that you'd be having in the off season um would you have cravings how do you deal with them um and how do you deal and this is going to be an interesting one for you as well how do you deal with the higher hunger levels that exist in a in a caloric deficit because i know you i know your answer to both of these um First of all, with regards to missing foods, um, there's I've got two prep examples here. So my first prep, as soon as I went into a contest, this was the first time I ever competed. First time I went into my contest season, I went full blown keto, so dropped all carbs. Yeah. So as you can imagine, for someone who loves oats as much as myself, I I think I actually did cry, like I actually cried. Um, <laughs> and I actually forgot how to make oats when I actually got them back in the diet. But uh, I did 16 weeks on 27 grams of carbs. Um, but for me, well, and then if we use the second example, last the 2017, I actually didn't really remove any foods that I liked, really. Yeah. Um, two weeks out from finals, I was still eating oats bagels jam yeah. so there's no need for you really to be unless you're at the dog end of prep you should be able to prep on most of the foods you like it's just it's going to be reduced volume yeah um but then again i'm not a massive advocate of artificial sweeteners i used to go through a lot when i was doing that keto diet i was going through i don't know if you've ever had them do you know the walden farms um yeah i have they're um, all good. Coffee cre- the coffee creamers, have you had those? No, oh, I haven't had those ones, no. Oh my god. The mocha is actually like just pure chocolate syrup. Wow. So I would go through a, a bottle of it every two to three days. Yeah. And I would smash so I'd smash three coffees just so I could pour it in because it was like drinking chocolate. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I'm a massive chocoholic, even though I haven't had chocolate in 10 years. Yeah. I haven't had a bar of chocolate or anything like that for 10 years. But all of my supplements, so my protein powders, they're all of like a sweet or chocolate nature. Yeah. So that's where I get my sort of chocolate fix from. So use little hacks like that so you can, you know, in your oats or like yourself, um, the sludge as it's known. But like I, I can actually make that taste as equally as nice as any chocolate bar. You know, the technology we've got now the flavorings they've got you don't need to sort of cheat on your diet for a chocolate bar when you can have protein sludge for example mm, yeah, um, and then with regards hunger i don't know whether i'm an anomaly or 
maybe it's the higher protein diet. Who knows? Who knows? Smoke Frog face. emoji. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can stick that right there. Um, but I honestly have never, never had um, any hunger issues um, during a contest phase, like ever. Yeah. The only time I can ever remember being hungry was when I got stuck in a traffic jam on the way home from the gym. And I hadn't eaten for like seven, eight hours, something like that. But that's it. Honestly, the, the whole the whole contest phase, I never got hungry. Um, mm-hmm. And yes, that probably is linked to my higher protein diet. And yeah. um, at the same time, my calories never got that low. Um, you know, two thousand three hundred. I sure. think was the lowest it got. Yeah, that's not um, that's not low at all. Protein at no point dropped below 300 grams, I may add. Mm. But, um, yeah, and at the same time, there's a big mindset um, issue here as well. I think a lot of people that suffer with hunger are the ones that aren't doing an, an awful lot. So Not they're, busy. they're actively sat thinking about it. Yeah, at the agreed. time, I was working in retail, and I didn't have a second to think, really. I, had to, I was always thinking about something else. So I think that's another issue as well. If you're thinking about it and you're you're actually you're almost accepting that you're hungry, um, I think that's another issue as well. So try and put it on the back burners. Uh, and at the end of the day, you're not really that hungry. You let's put it in the context of things. Yeah, yeah agreed. Yeah, good answer on that one for sure. Um, Robert asks about protein. Um, he asks, can we consume too much daily? And what would you say is the maximum amount of protein that you'd suggest to have in a meal, per meal? Obviously, you can consume too much protein. Um, but then again, any excess protein, well, excess protein that you are consuming, is that there is going to be conversion into glycogen. Um, yeah. So you're not, essentially, it's not actually wasted at all. Um when you're in a dietary phase, obviously you are more open to catabolic events, so catabolism. So I, that's when I try and keep protein highest, just to prevent any sort of catabolism. Also, the hunk, the um, you get higher. Th- you've mentioned all this before, but higher thermic effect of food, so you're actually burning more calories whilst consuming that protein. So that's going to help during the dieting phase as well. And also, it's a very satiating macro, so it keeps you fuller for longer yeah um per meal the issue here is are you people whenever i send diet plans out to people or clients they always quite a lot of the time they come back to me saying oh that's 50 grams of protein per meal that's too much but then you look at it and they're getting 11 grams of protein from their oat serving so so are you telling me that 11 grams of protein from oats is muscle building protein and uh, not really no so you want to look at the high was it high biological value protein so that's from the actual protein source itself and i think you should be looking at people always try and hit they scrape it with 25 grams because that's yep. supposed that's supposedly got the three grams of leucine which is gonna sort of turn on muscle protein synthesis but 
why why are you people selling themselves short with the least amount of protein they can? Like what? Why stop there? You know, like I I normally say about I put it at about thirty five per sure. meal, sure. So thirty to thirty five. Depends. The past few months, I have with clients started to look at potentially in the pre-workout meal, dropping it down a little bit, just because obviously with the higher protein, you're looking at um, it's going to take a longer to digest. It's going to be a little bit more stressful in your digestive system. So sure. maybe maybe pre-workout you can drop it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the rest of the time, especially in your sort of protein and veg meals, I keep it quite high. Um, and then, yeah, that was about it, really. I think yeah. that was the questions, yeah. I'd, I'd agree. And I think, you know, with Rob, Robert is uh, UK DFBA team champion, um, yeah. the guy who's asking the question. Um, and I think when you're dieting down as, as, you know, to the depth that Robert was dieting down to. Yeah, he was lean, yeah. He, he was, was lean, yeah. Um, the only thing that really is a, a brief consideration is how much are you taking away from your carbohydrate intake to have your protein significantly high? So when you're in the depths of contest prep, you know, carbohydrates being a predominant fuel for what you're doing in the gym, what you're trying to recover from the gym. um, I would say that just be mindful of if you're having your protein super duper high and your carbs have to drop super duper low as a result, if your training's really, really good and you know, you're, you're performing, your output is high. Just have that consideration there. Um, I think, yeah, it does also come into like your lifestyle. Will does, then come yeah, yeah. If you're very active, yeah, you're going to need to have those carbs in. Um, yeah. I think it's a PT. Sedentary. I'm pretty sure. I know people don't like talking about the insulin fairy, but if if you are sedentary at an office job and you're spiking your blood sugars all day by having carbs throughout the day, as opposed to just a protein and fat meal or protein and veg. Um, then you know it's just, it's just not needed. Whereas obviously, if you are out manual labor and stuff like that, you can afford to have higher carbs. Um, I, I would say, like you mentioned, yes, if it's all going to come down to you monitoring your performance. So if it is starting to take a dip because you have taken away um, carbs at the expense of protein, then maybe do the opposite, take away a little bit of protein. Um, also, you mentioned as you are dropping body fat and you know, you have got less, and you might be dropping a bit of muscle as well. You've got a bit less muscle, so your sort of ratio will be going down as well. So you might want to take away a little bit there. Um, basically, what it comes down to really is that I'm almost too bro to drop protein. That That is the honest truth. I've always been very bro at heart throughout my whole life. And you, and you know it works for you as well. Yeah. Because you know, you know um, I... I always just saw, you know, protein as building muscle, basically. Mm-hmm. That's, and then it's just stuck with me. There's not a lot of science. There is a bit of science behind it, but not really. I think, did you see um, Andy Chappelle's? Um, I did, yeah, very interesting. Yeah. So yeah. that did support somewhat of a higher protein consumption. Yeah, it did. Not Although that. I think his general thesis is that, you know, carbohydrates are okay. probably more important. Yeah, I did um, see that. Good. I think I think he he favours himself like in his in his own preps, which are obviously based upon a lot of the research yeah. um, that he's done. Is he definitely favours a a much lower protein 
um, amount than potentially you've run. Um, and I know that he keeps carbohydrates as high as humanly possible. Yeah, that, um, that's the thing. Keep it, keep them as high as you can. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, I, I literally just stick protein at, at the level, and then that doesn't change. change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. does change. Yeah. And then alter everything else. Then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Cool. Um, Brad asks about what weaknesses you're aiming to to make into strength before you compete again. So obviously you've covered the injury itself, but what like, what actual body parts are you looking to try and bring up? Well, first of all, I'd like to just be able to feel a muscle contract at the moment. So <laughs> we'll focus on that. Um, I think all, always I'm on the pursuit of more delts and chest, always. Um, yeah. In my... So before 2017, the off-season before then, I brought them up a lot, to mm. be fair. Um, somehow I was running a push-pull, push push-legs push split. <laughs> so I was, do- I was doing push every other day, and that was with no rest days at all. Um, oh, Jesus, like, I want to disclaim here, I'm, I have very good recover capabilities. Yeah. Like, very good. So yeah. it, obviously it wasn't the same session, but they were push sessions. Um, so I brought them up a lot and I need to continue to because everyone knows first impressions of the front relaxed and mine look pretty poor based on the fact that I have quite wide hips and yep. narrow sort of shoulders and my chest, especially upper chest, just doesn't pop really. So it just makes the front like front relaxed not very impressive whatsoever. I'm just quite grateful that I got a decent set of legs, so it sort of takes away from my poor upper body. Mm. But they definitely came up uh, when I put a lot of focus on them. Mm. It's a lot more to do with just like execution because for years I couldn't feel a side raise at all. So, but that was all down to the whole postural thing that I'm suffering from now. So yeah, definitely shoulders and chest once i get around to it for now i'm just focusing on everything really yeah um i'd even say that at the moment my legs are really winding me up because i'm not happy with them at the moment for the past past couple of like month for some reason my left teardrop has just disappeared and it's getting to me but um because they're my pride they're my pride and joy (laughs) when they start going it's game over but no it's um it's all right. Like, everything is improving. Uh, but yeah, I'd say focus on more chest and shoulders then. Yeah. 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 Understood. Um, <laughs> do you ever have days or even weeks where you are just where you just feel lethargic? <laughs> <laughs> Try three years. <laughs> In all honesty. Um, no, I... I have quite a bad mental. It's not bad because it's worked for me, but during prep, I used to. If I felt good, I'd be like, right, something's wrong here. You gotta either like more. up your expenditure or <laughs> spend longer in the gym. Um, <laughs> and I would purposely seek sort of feeling bad. Yeah. Um, and I definitely didn't get over it between the 2016 season and 2017 so when i bridged between those two i still felt dog shit going yeah. into 2017 so i hadn't dug myself out of the hole at all um and then i only started coming out of it really 
the start of summer last year was when I started to feel all right because you know I I dug myself into a big hole and coming out of it I didn't really you know I didn't have a massive jump in calories really either coming sure. straight out of it I did it fairly progressively um, so and then how do you deal with it I'd say I'd say embrace it to be honest I used yeah. to quite enjoy feeling awful because I knew it was working mm-hmm. um, because if you're feeling bad you know it's because your brain is getting starved of glycogen because it's getting pulled to elsewhere yeah and you're tapping into those energy stores you know fat fat's going like your fat just um is going down because your joints are feeling bad now as well sitting down hurts so i'd say embrace it because you know it's working yeah essentially so embrace the suck as it's known yeah 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 i i agree to be honest like obviously in an off season as well i've discussed it quite a few times in the sense that you you are meant to feel fatigued you're trying to force an adaptation that's not your body's not wanting to do it's the same in a prep like you're trying to bring down body fat to a point at which your body's not going to be comfortable like so expecting to feel good is like wrong because you're not going to feel good um there are going to be days in which you're like and Jack said very rightly there, there are going to be days where you feel like, wow, why do I feel good today? Um, I had plenty of days like that during prep. I was like, why the hell am I feeling like randomly good here? Um, because I usually felt like shit, obviously, yeah. towards the end. Um, but, you know, just basically like Jack said, take it for what it is and uh, keep pushing through days of feeling lethargic. But if you feel like fucked all the time and you're in an off-season maybe you need to reassess something there um, in terms of the way that you're training or the way that you're handling your food and stress yeah, it'll, and sleep. It'll, it'll depend what the sort of fucked is. Yeah, because so there's it's, levels. Yeah, it's like, if it's just like you're aching, your muscles are sore, yeah, yeah. that's what you want. Yeah. But if it's maybe like a men, like a, a psychological drainage or slowness upstairs, yeah. then maybe that's something to be concerned about yeah um also like hormonally and stuff like that as well yeah Um, yeah. if you have huge dips yeah might so you might need to look at getting uh, other tests done then stuff like blood book so sure sure agreed uh someone asked when are you moving to brum oh well all things so i've got my place in the uni um epic on a condition that I have to obtain five additional qualifications in different sports. Okay. So I, for those that don't know, I'm looking to become a PE teacher, um, and it's a secondary education postgraduate degree. So they want me to get experience in five other sports. One of them has to be dancing. Wow. So I have to. I don't have to do a course in it. They've just said they want me to experience it. So I'm booking into... Swansea salsa class today. <laughs> yeah, <mate. laughs> can That's you incredible. imagine? Can you imagine? I'll try and get that on Instagram. I'll try. Please. Um, yeah, so I need to do a bit of salsa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try and scrape by, so I reckon about two or three classes at most. Um, and then it's I need to get them in a couple of other sports, which I'm sorting out. And then I've got my place then, so I should nice. be. Course starts in 
September, I believe. Okay. So hopefully, okay. Uh, maybe end of July. Nice, August, nice, August cool. Time. Hopefully, because um, hopefully I can catch you as well. I so, hope so, man. Yeah, I, hope so. Um, I wish you were here earlier, but either, either way, mate, I'll be close to you anyway. Then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you'll still be close. And like to be honest, I I love I love it up there. Every time I've gone up there, I've loved it. Now uh, I know nice. there's quite a lot of people I know up there as well. Um, there gym is. watch, perfect. So yeah, looking forward to it. So fingers crossed, I can pull the salsa out. So yes, yes, salsa top, salsa top set. All right, cool. Um, let's move to Christian's question. Who was very excited for this podcast. So double hey to Christian. Um, biggest challenge for you mindset wise this past year, what's been the, the biggest thing. So he probably means by, um, probably means 2018 as opposed to 19 because we've only had two months of this one. Yeah. Um, oh, obviously going to shows with you and stuff we that was quite not a struggle but you know i always want to be back up there yeah uh, it was a struggle for me as well to be fair yeah it probably helped me quite a lot being with you knowing that you wanted to be there as well like yeah. being up there but um because i'm bad so whenever i go to shows i always look at them and think oh would i beat them would i beat them <laughs> but that's just the ego taking over there um yeah so the biggest struggle is definitely the I put I still put everything in day in day out, and I at the moment I can't reap the full rewards of it. Don't get me wrong. The only reason why I've managed to stay somewhat respectable is because I'm so meticulous about it. Um, I hate to think what I'd look like if I didn't. Um, <laughs> you know, but I don't. You know, it's keep. It's just making it easier for me once I do get everything sorted for just to transition. It's just going to be exactly the same. Um, so, yeah, the hardest thing is still doing everything um, and not reaping the rewards that I should get from it. Um, you know, like getting up early doors or spending four hours cooking if I'm away for, like, a day, stuff like that, like, but to be honest, it never even comes across my mind like that it's an issue. I just get it done. So yeah. that, I wouldn't even call it a struggle. It's just not, so seeing myself all like lose muscle or whatever while still giving everything, that's sort of the struggle. Yeah. But then again, whinging about it and crying about it ain't going to do anything, is it? So I've just got to carry on doing what I'm doing and you know, try and get on top of it really. To be honest, pro if we if you watch my podcast with you in two thousand seventeen, I was probably saying the same things. Yeah. But you no, know, it is it is getting better, so it's just taking It's not a off. it's not a quick fix, is it mate? That's what I say it's a long process. Yeah. But people say, Oh, it's taking you a long time. Well yeah, I had I had it for like six years and just didn't really know about i knew something was wrong but i just didn't get it sorted because it wasn't a massive issue but there's always been something wrong so if it's taken me six years to mess it up you know how i don't know how long it's going to take to fix it really so mm, mm, yeah yeah for sure um cool so that's christian's questions answered we'll move on so there was a couple about like 
client sheets and spreadsheets and things like that. And I, I guess I kind of word it. So Rory basically asked about sort of um, how do you create your client spreadsheets? What do you use to sort of use and, and track client data? Because and this would be refreshing for people to hear because I know that you're quite different to the way that I do things and you're more sort of basic setup, which I think can still work fantastically. Yeah. Um, um, but how do you tend to sort of create sheets? What do you do in terms of like having your clients check in and things like that? What sort of process do you work with with clients? Okay. Um, to be honest, I know you mentioned the difference between me and you and stuff like yep. that. Um, recently, I've had a fair few more clients come in. Uh, I have actually, I have actually looked to, and probably am going to shift towards a few more things that you do yourself. Nice. Cool. So the screencast. So the recording oh, be great uh, for you, mate. and also the Google Sheets. I'm yep. probably going to look to implement both of those. Just makes it just, easier because it does make it a lot easier. Um, yeah, when I when I when I only had a few, we could just ping things back and forth yeah, using yeah, yeah. email, and it was no issues. But you know, I have had I've had a few more come online now. So yeah, I bet you have, man. And it's it, it feels nice as well to have a bit more of a professionalism about it as well. Yeah. It does look a lot more professional. Um, don't get me wrong. When I did my um, masters, we had all we had this. We had to do this coursework on this crazy Excel spreadsheet where everything was linked, everything was hyperlinked. So I have the capabilities of doing all that, but it just fried my head a bit when I did all that. So now I'm definitely going to look to. At the moment, it's simply Excel spreadsheet with your diet on one page and then on the next page it's just your pictures yep. with your weight and then the macros you're on on that week yep. um, and then just assess because i think a lot of people do overcomplicate it oh for sure i, I, know, I know i know you think they do as well yep. um just you know i've got i know you can't talk about yourself really when you're talking about coaching others but i've got inside out peeled just going back and forth with a coach i might not hear from him from a couple of days really and he'd just say right change this or change that done yeah. drop so you need little, essentially take a little yeah. bit from there take add there done like it's but some i at the start i almost found myself changing things to keep people happy just so they could just so they had something to change and it's some the people that you're doing that for aren't really cut out for it so it's just the ones that know what needs to be done and are, that are going to be in it for the long run mm. if you don't give them an update for two weeks as in you don't change anything they're happy with that because yep. they know it's working so they don't need to change it sure um so yeah and then um, I am going to look to, because before I was a lot more diet focused and didn't do an awful lot of training programs. Okay. Um, but now I am doing a bit more. So I'm going to look to, with the Google Sheets so I can actually, because at the moment I send it over to them and I just say, right, as long as you're progressing in those, we're good. Yeah. If there are things that start to stall or not progressing or not feeling too good, let me know and we'll talk about either dropping volume or adding in a different exercise um but 
that's that is very basic now. So at, at the moment, because that would require them to tell me that. Whereas if I use the sheets like yourself, yeah. I can objectively see, see that. Because yeah. yep, yep. they might not even realise it, maybe. Yeah, so I find that a lot. <clears throat> that's why I'm going to shift towards that so I can pick up on these things. Yeah. So, yeah, I am progressing with it a little bit more. Um, just because, yeah, like you said, I want to make a little bit more progression with it. And, you know, I do look up to people like you. Oh, thank you, man. See, see the work that you're doing. So, yeah. Yeah, and as you grow, you're just making it more and more efficient. And I think the the other answer to this question is just like, you know, what we were talking about there is the sense that you can still be a fantastic coach, even with a very basic check-in principle. Yeah. As long as you're communicating with your clients and you're treating them well, you're going to get results. Um, so don't put so much pressure on yourself to create these fancy, sort of super sexy looking sheets when they're only used as a tool to get the progress out of your clients, which you can through just what you say to them and how you coach them. Um, you know, so make sure that that's the fundamental priority. Um, <clears throat> so you asked quite a few questions. I'm going to take someone else's because just to make it fair, because yeah, otherwise yeah. we'll run out of time. Um, so this is a good question from Tom Hutchinson. So he asks, what are both your takes on off-season cardio? Jack Thorburn hammers it whilst every day AJ aims for under 5,000 steps. <laughs> Let's be right. Hammering it is a slight understatement. <laughs> like sometimes people message me because I put everything on Instagram, obviously. Like, oh, where was your coffee? Where was your cardio this morning? I'm like, I only do it four times a week. Like, chill out. The, the where was your coffee? <laughs> but, oh, uh, dear. I. There's a few reasons why I do it. One, <clears throat> I quite like the routine of it for a start. Okay. Um, it does make me feel a bit better about things. Just everything, <clears throat> physically and mentally. Um, like, I like... It's strange. I like doing things that other people aren't doing. I don't know why. Sure, sure, sure. Maybe that's a bit of an ego thing. I don't know. Um, okay. I like to feel somewhat physically fit. I used to be very fit, and I don't want to see that deteriorate. Yeah. Uh, I also don't really do a lot during the day, like physically, apart from the gym, obviously. Of course. But if I'm if I'm teaching in school, unless it's PE, which I'm not because I do supply work at the moment. It's not always PE. Um, quite a lot of the time, it's more classroom based. So I'm sat down for a lot of the day in that regard. Yeah, of course, yeah. So, and I don't, I don't go out for walks. You know, if you saw my step count, it would be in the gutter. Yeah. Um. So, if I didn't get that for four sessions in a week, my expenditure throughout the week, apart from training, would be awful. Mm. So that's why I keep it in. Um. It also lets me eat a bit more. I think I personally think you're putting yourself in a lot more of an anabolic situation or an environment if you do your cardio first thing, which allows you to eat more throughout the day leading up to your session, around your session, for example. Yeah. I feel you're a lot better doing that as opposed to not doing it and then not being able to eat this amount. Um, I don't like... I don't want to reference him all the time, but Hollingshead is pushing it a lot this off season as well. Sure. Um, 
and he's looking absolutely fantastic. Not that you can call it much of an off-season for him because he's stayed so lean, really. Um, but you know, he's made massive. He's, he has made progress in that regard. So, um, and ultimately, just do just do what's working for you. If if it's taken away from your training, if it's taken away from other aspects, you know, I'm realistic. If I had any other commitments in sort of like a relationship or kids, anything like that, you know, I probably wouldn't get away with it really. Mm-hmm. But for now, I can. So, and also, when I the reasoning behind me keeping it in years ago was when I was in off season, I'd want when contest prep came around, I wouldn't want this massive change of suddenly getting up early and doing cardio and blowing out my ass. I so I kept it in in an off season because then I could just it wouldn't be it would just be the norm. Yeah. So it wouldn't be a struggle for me to get up in the mornings. Sure. So that's why I kept it in. Yeah. And it's sort of part of a routine now, really. So that's my that's my opinion. What's yeah. Morris's? Yeah, no, I think I, I see your point of view. I agree with a lot of your points in regards to keeping some cardio, cardiovascular fitness. Um, I certainly have times in which I think, mm, I'm not so fit here. So I do agree with that. Um I think the issue for me is that the interference effect would be too great. Um, I'd see a detriment effect on my training sessions. I mean, I see a detriment effect on my training sessions even if I do too much steps. Um, so thinking of adding in cardiovascular work on top of... now as well, so... Keeping cardiovascular work on top of that, I, I just don't... I, I just don't think that I'd be able to get away with it and see a pr- see more of a pro than a con. Yeah. Um, so my cost-benefit analysis is more on the side of it being too much of a cost than a benefit. Um, and then, like, outside of that, I think that I want to have some um, adaptations that I want to actually occur at the start of prep in terms of just getting fitter. Yeah. Um, because yeah. I, I don't want to go into prep being really fit. Being um, fit, because yeah, that's, I get that going to be an issue with regards to getting my heart rate into a, uh, yeah. a, a point to burn enough calories to make the cardio efficient um, because I don't want to be ending up doing hours of cardio I mean I do what I have to do to get lean but if I can make that process of adding in cardio more beneficial then I'd rather get I know it sounds ridiculous but get a little bit unfit I'm so that fit. I can get yeah. fit um, yeah. uh, it's, it's like getting your calories up in an off season so that you can start to bring them down um, so yeah, that's my sort of thought process there. When you, were, when you were prepping, you were cardio king, really, though, were you? You were, um, step, were not massively. Step. I mean, if you if you look at the way I was doing half of my steps towards the end, it was kind of cardio king as cardio well because I was hammering the treadmill at quite a, quite a savage incline, quite a savage pace, and also going out for power walks to get my steps in. So whilst it might not be deemed as like full blown CV. No. Um, no, it was definitely enough to challenge myself. I'd like always aim to like beat a time and things like that. So, um, yeah, for, for me it was, it, it, but there was a period of time where I was hammering the stairs. Um, but the stairs definitely away from you though, didn't it? (sighs) Yeah. I mean, the thing, the thing is for me, like what I saw is that there was a a, definitely a detriment in my leg performance. So my training in legs, but (sighs) I wish I kind of kept them in and did more, uh, did less steps and did and equated the same amount of caloric burn from slightly yeah. less sessions on the stairs because I found that 
towards the end of prep when I was doing super high steps and no real stairs, my legs were just fading massively because yeah. I was just on my feet too much. And that also took away from leg training. So I think whatever happens, you're going to take away from your leg training at some point. Yeah. This is more so moving into prep discussion, but um, it's, it's beneficial for people. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'd, I'd meet the balance in terms of, you know, getting the heart rate up as much as possible versus the interference effect on your sessions and yeah. just try and balance that as much as you can. And then again, that also links into me mentioning you about my ability to recover. Like, yeah. It's high. So it's yeah, it is. why I could get away with it. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not saying it's going to work for everyone. So. Sure. Sure. Okay, cool. <clears throat> so we'll take one more question and then cool. we'll... We'll wrap things up as we're almost at an hour. Um, let me have a look. See what the best is. That's a bit of a decision. Or choose wisely. Yeah, I'm trying to get a good one. How has your training changed over the years and, and what sort of has led you to your current setup of training? Pretty good. Um, one thing that's always stayed the same is that I absolutely love training. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's the main thing that's going to get results out of you, really, um, yeah. is your passion for it. Um, I I probably saw my best results when I was on a bro split actually um, but and people would say oh it's probably newbie gains but I was about two three years into training at the time and it's just because if you as long as you put 100% effort into your sessions you're still going to get a lot out of it um, yes we know now I do a lot more of a higher frequency and I believe it probably is superior as long as you can recover from it. That's the main thing. Yep. The reason why bro splits probably work for people that that use the, uh, is probably because it's allowing you to recover so well into your next session. So if you found the bound, if you found the sort of, because a lot of people will go into this higher frequency now and they'll be under-recovered going into their next session. So if you find the balance between going in the higher frequency and still having that high intensity, um, that's when you can hit the sweet spot. How my training has changed? Not a lot, really. I don't think I've ever left a rep in reserve in my life. Um, no, honestly, like my first year of training, I got picked up by um, a boy in my college who was a bodybuilder slash rugby player at the time, yeah. and he. he he literally just taught me, you go until you can't. Like my first, my first leg session with him, we would we were squatting. And he wouldn't let me stop until I pinned it and dropped it. I can remember so we went straight from squats onto the leg press, and I finished the set on leg press. And I said to him, I've never felt anything like this. My legs were literally just just couldn't move. And that was my first proper leg session ever. And that's just how I love to train. Like I love. I love failure. I actually couldn't think of anything worse than pulling a rep or a few reps short. I I would feel it's just a waste in my opinion. Sure. I know people people are gonna disagree with me and 
there are examples when it's needed. Uh-huh. For example, if you're deloading, which I want to mention, I've never done in my life. Um, <laughs> but, but but once again, this is probably linking into my recover capabilities. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. You know, I was I was doing push every other day, and that and that wasn't leaving reps in reserve. That was drop sets. That that's another thing. I don't do an awful lot of that at the moment. Not a lot of intensity methods. Yeah. I th- I'm I'm doing a lot more straight sets. Um, I do rest pause. I quite enjoy rest pause. Um, but I haven't been doing an awful lot of drop sets in a moment. Um, I think because when I used to train with all the issues I had before, I would just do whatever I could to try and get somewhat of a pump and a connection. So mm. I have quite loose form. Yeah. Yeah, I think you all know that. Um, and anyone that followed me from before, yeah. my form was quite loose. Yeah. But it's, I would do that purely to try and get things to like fire. Um, so in that regards, I've tightened up my form quite a bit. There's yeah. still improvements to be made, but I have tightened my form up because I feel that there's a difference between going to failure with loose form when it's more just like systemic failure. So you're just exhausting yourself. Mm. As opposed to if you lock something down and the only thing that's exerting force is the desired muscle and you fail that way, that's a lot a lot better way to go yeah. about it. Agreed, agreed. Um, and also it's not going to fry every other sort of part of your body and mentally as well. It takes a lot out of you mentally. Like, um, Yeah, so I think that's how it's changed a lot now. So I've gone yeah. from bro split to more of a higher frequency because I can recover from it. Um, and I quite enjoy it as well. I always feel that if, you, if you're lifting heavy on chest, you are going to bring in shoulders, mm. you are bringing triceps, so it seems sensible to do it. Um, and then also my form has tightened up. But at the same time, I am in a bit of a rut in regards to my training, so it's mm. hard for me to say whether I'd still be training like that if I was how I could, because I'm, uh, I don't think I'll ever slip back into my completely loose form like I did before. Sure. But there'll still be a bit, there'll still always be a bit of um, body language in there. So I think that's that's probably about it, really. Yeah, understood. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Cool, awesome. So yeah, I hope this episode has been good for you guys to listen to, I'm sure it has. Um, we, Jack's always going in depth on pretty much every question. He's like me, just goes on a nice tangent with things, which is fantastic. So yeah, I'll get timestamps on this episode, and so you can flick through to any specific question you want to listen to get to again, or ask a specific question on. If you've got any more questions or want clarification on any topic that we discussed, then just put it in the comment section below. Um, Tag us in your Instagram stories as always. And uh, yeah, thanks again, Jack. Uh, thank you. Just want to say thanks for having me on. And also, like, the amount of good work you're doing at the moment, you know, to dedicate an hour to doing this every week, plus all the other stuff you're doing, plus your clients. Honestly, mate, it's very refreshing to see you doing thank great you. things. So awesome. Appreciate it. Cool, guys. Thanks for listening. And we'll speak in the next one. See you in a bit. Thank you. Peace.